special this week hearing at length from record-breaking referee Nigel Owens on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. There's plenty to talk about, 100 international caps as a referee and then retiring from the top level. So how did Nigel Owens get into refereeing? What are the highlights of his long career? And what next? Liz Jones went to find out. Nigel, 100 caps, yeah. what yeah. reaching that milestone means for you? Yeah, re- reaching the 100 caps, it has been a bit of a milestone. Um, I haven't refereed to, to reach milestones, but obviously when those milestones happen, like, you know, when you get your first cap, it's something special. And then, God, I remember getting my 50th cap out in Dublin. It was actually Brian Driscoll's last game for Ireland in Dublin. I think they won game away, but that he was finishing. So that was something special, and then obviously, then as the years gone by, then the, the World Cup, and then came out another World Cup into the Six Nations, and I probably was looking then to call it a day, probably around that time, you know, after the World Cup. And then all of a sudden, you're on 98 Test matches after the Six Nations, so you know, I think, well, yeah, you know, I was still enjoying it, still refereeing well enough to be pointed to games, and I, you know, thankfully got another two games and, and reached that milestone. So. It was something special and, and something that I wanted to do because um, I think if I'd have sort of packed in after the Six Nations on, on 98, I'd have probably looked back in years and, and regretted, you know. Um, so, yeah, and so reaching the milestone is something special. It probably becomes more special and, and you sort of tend to think about it more when, when people tell you, you know, when people, there's so many messages of congratulations from, from all over the world, you know, and not just from the stars of rugby, but from grassroots people in all the different countries, which means just as much, if not more, really, you know. So, uh, yeah, it, it is a little bit of, of a proudness, I guess. But um, I suppose I probably won't sit back and reflect back on things until you actually finish, I don't think, because I, I still haven't watched the World Cup final back from 2015. So, you know, maybe in the future I'll sit down and uh, I maybe look at it again sometime. But um, yeah, so it, it is something I, I, I am I'm proud of, yeah. But more importantly, I've made my family and community proud as well, which I think is, is, is more important, really, to be honest. 100 caps is, I suppose, is the whole career to um, look back on. Not the match in itself. Last week, did the match in itself live up to expectations? Yeah, well, yeah, you know, that France and Italy will remembered for that 100 test. For me, probably, if you're watching the game, you probably wouldn't remember it in years to come. It, you know, it it was a key game. There was nothing dour or bad about it. There's a lot of kicking in it, but it wasn't a memorable game as far as looking back at the actual match itself goes. But because of the occasion, you know, it, it was something special and, and something that will live in the memory. You know, for me, for other people, they will just forget it probably, you know. But uh, for me, yes, it will be something. That I, and I'm fair play to them that I had a jersey of the French team and a jersey of the, the Italian team, which is a nice touch and, and a gold whistle of Amazon Prime as well. And obviously, of World Rugby gave me a gold whistle as well, engraved. So, um, yeah, those little momentums, you know, you can keep and uh, we'll have to go somewhere. I'll have to find somewhere in the house for them. You know, when you started off at school refereeing, when you were advised to go and ref rather than play, you know, did you ever expect to achieve anything like this? No, I, I didn't, to be honest. And ambition is important in life, I think. But when I started refereeing, my, my ambition was just to, to enjoy the refereeing. And, and my first ambition was to get on the, the WIU. So you start off in the district it was back then. Uh, slightly different now. You still start in district or level two, whatever they call it now. You get invited onto the WIU then when your performances are good enough. So I remember refing the district for about four or five years, I think. 
um, and then got invited on the WIU. So that was, you know, it's a big thing. The letter came through the post, you know, congratulations, you were invited on to, to the WIU to referee. So you'd now be going from refereeing the second 15s to first 15s. And um, that was something um, really exciting when it, when it, the letter came through the post. And then, so there are the years gone by, you know, I, never then I thought, right, I'm going to be an international referee or I'm going to referee World Cup final, you know. It, as the seasons went by and you know your performances improved you got more opportunities and then all of a sudden you're refing well you're close to getting a european game so the ambition was to get a european game and then after refing a few games in europe you go on the world seven circuit and then all of a sudden you're getting closer and oh look you know you're refing well now you, you know you could get could get a cap and then that cap came um and then after that then oh you know you get a couple of internationals your first six nations game comes and then you're looking then, oh, you know, you may go to the World Cup to referee now. So everything sort of happened as you go along, really. So um, it's been an important part of my life, but I think important as well that, you know, having an ambition and setting goals is hugely important. But also I think it's, it's quite relevant and quite important that you set goals that are achievable as well. And that's what I did during my career was, you know, as the goals became achievable, rather than look at something all the way over there, you know, and then you fail to get there or you give up halfway. So, you know, for me, my goals have been something realistic. And, you know, as they progress, you know, the ambition to go and reach over there, what was there then? And you talk about making your family and your community proud. How much does that mean to your family and looking back at your mum as well and her input in your career? Yeah, it means a lot, to be honest, because when I started reference at 16, I couldn't drive. We drive a tractor, but not on the road. So my, my dad used to take me to games, and my uncle and stuff. So, you know, the family were hugely supportive back then, and as they still are now, and then been supportive all through my career, from the good times and the tough times as well. And then my mum sort of passed away 11, 12 years ago now, so when she was actually watching me refing my first Six Nations game for sort of the last time, you know, it was um, something very special. And then, you know, the fact that I could could make her proud then when I got the World Cup final. And hopefully she was looking down and she'd be proud of what I achieved then. And, and But also with my, my village of Manikarig, like, you know, with my... The village that week was just unbelievable. It was just like a carnival week there. There was something on every day. The club was packed out every night. There were, there were people driving from Pontypridd, from Pontypool, Merthyr, from Aberystwyth, down from... A cardigan. People driving to Manicaric to see, you know, where I was from and to go to the club because it had been on Heno that week and on the news and stuff. And it was, it was unbelievable. And then Heno did a program there, and Delmi Thomas came to the club and everything like that. So it was. And what it meant for my community and my dad in particular was something, you know, very, very, very special. And and I think that's what made the World Cup final so special. You know, not the fact that you'd reached the pinnacle of your career and actually refereeing the biggest game in world rugby, which only happens once every four years. But the fact, you know, what it meant, not just to me, but more importantly, what it meant to my community in the village of Manikari and, and Pontebarem as well. So it was a really, really special time. The only thing I do regret is I couldn't be there with them <laughs> to enjoy it all. But then if I was there with them, it, it wouldn't have happened, would it? So I would have loved to be there. And they still talk about it now. You know, even when, you, when I go up the club now and people say, talk and things, they, they always talked about that week and stuff and that moment. Like everybody wearing my face marks in the club and stuff, you know. It was something very, very special. And you always said, didn't you, if Wales couldn't get to a World Cup final, that would be obviously the next best thing was for you to 
represent Wales at that stage. That's obviously the pinnacle, really, of your career. Yeah, it is, and I think you know you, the country. Your country becomes for you as an individual when you, when you were in that sport in whatever capacity it is. When you play for your country, you, you play for your country and for your team. You don't play for yourself. You know, you may play for yourself, but for the good of of the country and refereeing the same. You know, and. Uh, you know, when people ask me, oh, difficult question for you, you know, Wales in the final, are you refing it? It's not a difficult question, it's an easy question. You know, my country in, in the final. Because, you know, I was there in 2011, watching the semi-final where, you know, we were so, so close to winning. And I said this many, many times before. I have no doubt that we would have gone to the final in 2011, we would have won it. I have no doubt because we were playing so well then and New Zealand were very, very nervous in that final in their own country. And, and I'm pretty sure we'd have got to the final, we'd have won it. So. You know, and, and to me that, that would have been the same in 2015 and obviously Wales were unlucky not to get there in 2015, just, just couldn't make it with so many injuries and stuff as well. You know, the next best thing I suppose was, was to get a referee there so, um, and you know, it was, it was a privilege and honour to be there to represent my country and my community and you know, everybody involved in refereeing and, and Welsh rugby as a whole. Obviously you had the highlights to look back on, winning your first cap and some Heineken Cup finals and things like that as well. Yeah, and, and people always ask, you know, well, what's, what's your highlight of your refereeing career then, I guess? And, um, it, you know, I, I suppose, yeah, if, if you had to pick one, as I, as I said, it would be the World Cup final, not just because of the pinnacle of refereeing that, but of what it meant to everybody in, in Money Kerrigan family as well, and obviously to me. But there are so many occasions, you know, my first Six Nations game, England-Italy, uh, my first European final, and then all the other seven that went with it, you know, six Pro 14 finals, you know, um, Rugby Championship Games, um, you know the South Africa New Zealand epic in 2013, which many people say is the greatest game of rugby they've ever seen. So be part of all that, and then go into referee Pencode under 12s against Cumbran under 12s on a Sunday morning, up in Pencode. I went to do a Q and A there myself and Dan Lidiet on a Wednesday night, and the little kids came in first before the adult uh, session afterwards, and the coach asked, "Look, you know, we're playing Cumbran in about four weeks' time. Do you mind coming and?" Reffing the game as a surprise to the boys, the two unbeaten sides. I said, well, yeah, of course. So, what happened was I was then given an European last pool game, Ulster against Leicester in Welford Road. So that was on a six o'clock on a Saturday night. So I said to Pencor, I said, look, I, I can still ref the game, but can you put it back an hour or two? Because I'll be travelling back after the game. I won't get back till much, you know, before one, two o'clock in the morning. So he said, yeah, we'll put it back to 12 o'clock. So I turned up to Pencor. Kids didn't know I was coming, walked in the, in the changing rooms. They did do the boots and all the kids went, oh, oh my God, you know, and someone, oh, I said, Nigel Owens. And, uh, and then this little winger sitting in the corner goes, oh, he said, uh, I hope you're going to referee this game better today than you did tonight. <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, look, this, this is what rugby's, rugby's all about, you know, that, that kid didn't care who I was, you know, I was there to referee his game and, and quite rightly so as well. And um, so, you know, th that will always stay in, in my memory. So, yeah, there's so many, many different occasions that mean something special, but... Um, the World Cup final would, would stand out for all those different reasons. Throughout your career, obviously, you've grown and gained recognition for your abilities, refereeing, but also your communication. Is that a big part of your success, do you think? Yeah, I, I suppose it is. You learn a lot over the years, you know, and I've, I've been very fortunate when I started off. You know, Clive Norling was sort of Welsh well, Union referee manager who gave me my first opportunity, and then Derek Bevan was my coach for many, many years, and then Bobby Edmund and Clinton Thomas, and so so many other people, you know, in Parkinson Ellen District, old you know, characters like Arlene West, you know, and people who've helped you along the way, you know, and you've learnt a lot from everybody. You know, everybody I've come across in refereeing who've been there to help you or coach you or even assess you over the years, they've all 
given you something you can take away, you know, and, and learn from. So it's been an ongoing process really all over the years, and I'm so grateful to so, so, so many, many different people. But my upbringing as well plays a huge part in that, you know, in who I am. You know, Hume is a big part of who I am and the community and, and the Welshness of you, I guess. Go to Sunday school in Chapel, you know, I was on uh, on stage at 14 years of age and when he carried work in his club doing stand-up comedy and Young Farmers Movement then, public speaking. And so, you know, all this sort of, you know, has helped me in, in communicating, I guess, and a big part of refereeing is, is communicating, but then you still got to do your job. So, you know, I'd like to think that as years gone by, you, you learn something all the time, you know, and, and until you blow that last whistle, you, you're always learning, you know, and... If you know everything, it's time to pack up and move on to do something else. So, um, you know, I've always learnt along the years with a lot of help and advice from so many, many different different people. And the communication and stuff is, is a huge part of, of that, really, I, I guess, and has contributed to, to suppose, yeah, in, in achieving those 100 caps and, and that sort of lifetime of, of refereeing at that level. And not only that, in that success refereeing, but has enabled you to kind of cross over and um, make a difference in other parts of life and society as well. Yeah, it, it's hugely important because I think unless, you, um, unless you're happy within yourself, happy with who you are, and, and just as importantly, allowed to be yourself, whether it's in the family at home, within your community, within the workplace or in whatever sport you participate in, Unless you are allowed to be yourself and happy to be yourself, you, there's no way you can enjoy what you're doing, enjoy life, and and be the best at what you what you can be. And to me, that's hugely important. That you know we're all we're all treated the same. That nobody's treated different. You know, you're judged on on the content of your character and the person that you are, and, and nothing else. You're not judged on the colour of your skin, your sexuality, your religious beliefs, or whatever you you know wherever you come from. You know, everybody should be given the same opportunity and treated the same. Are not treated any better, are not any worse. None of this ticking of boxes, you know, just treated the same. That's hugely important to me because it did hinder my, my life growing up and put me in a very, very dark place for quite a long period in, in my sort of early, mid-twenties. But having got a second chance and allowed to be who I am, I think it's hugely important that everybody gets that opportunity. And, and to me, one of the most important values and ethos of rugby union is the value of respect. And I think one thing that today's society lacks is, is respect. Rugby, I believe, upholds a tradition of value of respect better than any other sport in the world. Rugby can't take the moral high ground. There's a lot of things that rugby can improve and need to do to better. But one thing is certainly does lead on is inclusiveness and diversity and fair play and equality for all. And uh, that is something I'm very proud to be part of, of rugby, who certainly do lead the way in, in that, I believe. You've encountered that wherever you've been, that acceptance. Rugby. Yeah, I have. You know, you're always going to get a minority of people in all walks of life, whether it's in football, rugby, within your society, uh, within the workplace. There'll always be a minority of people who may not like somebody for whatever different reason, whether it be the colour of their skin, their beliefs, or their sexual orientation, or whatever reason. So you're always going to get a minority like that, but you know, the majority of people, thankfully, are, are good, decent people. And in rugby, the majority outweigh any minority by by a long, 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 long way. So. Um, yeah, I know. I, I am very proud of, of of rugby as a sport, and it's allowance in people to to be themselves. So, what next now for you? A very good question, Liz. Very good question. Like, I, I don't think nobody has a divine right to go on forever. There comes a time where there's time to move on. There comes a time where 
you know, the toll of travelling, the pressures of refereeing and travelling all over the world takes its toll, particularly when you're away from family for such a long time. You know, I've had close relatives pass away and I've not been able to be there, I'm not able to go to the funeral. I've had family, best friends, weddings I wasn't able to go to because you're away somewhere refereeing. It's my job, but it's a great job and I wouldn't want to change anything. And I've been very lucky and very privileged to have a great job and, and had the opportunities and the support through the Welsh Rugby Union and through World Rugby as well. You know, but there comes a time where the time comes to move on to do something else. And um, I've had more out of, of rugby than, than I could ever put into the sport. You know, I, I owe more to rugby and the people within the sport that rugby and they will ever, ever owe to me. So the refereeing at the test match level will come to an end now. That France-Italy game was my last. To go out on 100, I think, is, is something, you know, that is worth doing, I, I guess, if you're choosing a time to go. I'm not going to be around for 2023. I don't want to be around for 2023. So, um, you know, the test match refereeing is going to come to an end. I still hope to referee in the, in the Pro 14 and, and locally in, in Wales, you know, this season and, and maybe next as well. I certainly will be refereeing the community game. I'll still, you know, go and referee some junior clubs on a Sunday morning or school games on a Wednesday afternoon or even some club games or something throughout the season, you know, to put something back into. Because I think it's hugely important when you're very, very fortunate to get so much out of something that it's hugely important that you give something back into it as well. And I certainly will be putting something back into the game on a voluntary basis, but also as well, I'll be hopefully going in to do a role with coaching some of the young referees, some very talented young referees that we have here in, in Wales. And, you know, Welsh Rugby and the Welsh Rugby Union has, has led the way in refereeing over from the likes of Marion Joseph and um, your Clive Norlings, your Derek Bevans over the years. And it's important we still at the forefront, not just as a rugby playing nation, but at the rugby officiating nation as well. So, um, you know, I certainly will be doing something now putting back in and hopefully bringing the next generations of, of Welsh referees through that will be at the forefront of the game for many, many years to come, hopefully. So that is something I'm, I'm quite excited about and, and looking forward to working with Paul Adams, who's done a great job in, in setting you know everything up in readiness for that. And then uh, I can contribute then and passing my experience on by, by coaching some of the young referees. Where do you think we are as a nation at the moment and how bright does that future look in terms of future international referees, male and female. Yeah, and I remember refereeing um, women's games of rugby years ago up in Tumble and then I did Scotland A and Wales A women down in Stradi Park, you know, many, many years ago and officiated quite a few games since that as well and it's a hugely important part of the game here in, in Wales. Rugby is, is a game for all. That's what makes it so special for all shapes and sizes and everybody who's different um, but also it's a game for a man and a woman as well and I think that's hugely important. There's a lot of work to do in, with women refereeing. In Wales there is no doubt about that, there's only a few refereeing at the moment and to get them up to a level where hopefully they can move on to, to the professional level and hopefully on to international level is, is going to take some, some time and it's take a lot of hard work but you know there are people coming in, there are girls and women coming into the game to referee now, you know you see the, the number of players in the women game in Wales growing hugely, which is, is great for the game. So I think that you know the future of, of refereeing, it'll take time on the women's side of things. You know, you know, it's not going to happen next year or the year after, but what we need to do is make sure that we put things in place to give people opportunities and support people and, and get people on board to achieve that goal. You know, from the men's side of things as well, you know, we've got, including myself at the moment, five referees refereeing in the Pro 14. 
hopefully not everybody's going to make it you know you there's no point kidding yourself that everybody who's going to become a professional referee or a pro 14 referee is going to make a top international referee you know it's, it's the same as players players come from semi-pro to pro rugby and then some go on to international level some do not and, and same with refereeing but we've got a couple of um, hugely talented young referees within the professional setup who hopefully with a bit of work and stuff you know over the next few years will be at the next World Cup in some capacity, whether it be a referee or as an, an assistant referee, hopefully as a referee. And also below that as well, you know, we have a huge intake of young referees in Wales over the years. So it's important that we, you know, we put a structure in place and, and give them opportunities to come through as well, which Paul Adams has been doing, along with the likes of Sam Brickle and other people as well. So there's a lot of young, talented referees. So hopefully I'll be working with a couple of them in the pro level and there's two or three below that as well then in bringing them through to the next pro level in the next couple of seasons as well so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm hugely optimistic and hugely um, excited as well about the future of refereeing in Wales both from a men and, and women's uh, perspective you know it's, it's the same with the national team you know, the national team there needs a bit of transition time you, you can't be at the top all the time there comes a time where you have to rebuild a bit before you then kick on back up there again and, and refereeing is the same you know we need to when I finish now whether somebody will take over internationally within this season next season we, we don't know but certainly the season after that there will be somebody so a lot of hard work's going to go into it but it's something that I'm very excited about what would your advice be to young players who perhaps may or may not make it at the top end of the game, but refereeing is like an option, isn't it? It is definitely an option, and I think you know. Um, Jonathan asked me this week, actually. You know, would you give up all your refereeing caps to have one cap playing for your country? And I said, well, if you asked me that before I started refereeing, I'd probably say yes. But I can answer you now, no, because refereeing has been my life, and I've and I've enjoyed it, and I wouldn't want it any different in in one sense. Um, so what I would tell, you know, any young people, particularly players who, you know, have ambition of being at the international stage and don't quite make it for whatever different reasons, um, their ability levels out, injury may contribute as well. That refereeing is, is certainly the next best thing. To me, it was the best thing, you know, for them, maybe it'll be the next best thing. And maybe they look back in years to come that it actually was the best thing. So, you know, that's something we, we really need to target and work on is to get ex-players or players maybe, you know, who want to change of, of career in one sense to give them opportunities in, in refereeing but I would say look I wouldn't change one thing you know from traveling all over the world for the best part in the last 20 years in being involved in in some of rugby's greatest occasions a small part of it but yet again a part of it and um, you know you can be a part of that if you take up the whistle and we are here to support you in, in doing that you won't regret it it's got to be something you enjoy. It's got to be something in you. You know, there's no point you think, well, I'm going to give refereeing a go if it's if you're not passionate about it. And it's because some people, it's just not. They just can't do it. You know, they haven't got the patience. Some of them haven't. But it is something that can be hugely enjoyable. You know, with, with a lot of hard work and, and effort and, and time as well. So, you know, I would encourage anybody you know who wants to give it a go to give it a go because I'm, I'm pretty sure you you won't regret it if it's something you're going to, you're enjoying and passionate about. Good advice from someone who certainly knows. A look ahead to the Christmas Derbies next week on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. But until then, goodbye and stay safe.